I wanted to share with you tonight the, the light I received yesterday on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. And I read the gospel that was the the opten, opten, the other gospel you could read for the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, which was John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. So I'm going to begin by reading to you that gospel. It's the marriage at Cana. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. So they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came, where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. I really pray to the Holy Spirit to grant me the grace to, to enter into the heart of Jesus and Mary and to really be part of the wedding feast at Cana. And I felt that the Holy Spirit gave me a light into the wedding feast that I had never ever received before that has to do with our life as victim souls. And that's what I'd like to share with you tonight. As we contemplate the wedding at Cana, we see the restoration, first of all, I thought, of the man and woman in Jesus and Mary. They are the new Adam and the new Eve. We see throughout the Gospels how Jesus and Mary always complemented and helped each other. The new man and woman in perfect purity and love bring forth new life and draw all into the unity of God. Mary is Jesus' helpmate, which was today's first reading from Genesis. The six stars represent God's hidden insignificant victim souls, is what I was meditating on. 
The jars are in the wedding banquet, but insignificant and unnoticed by the people. <coughs> there are few jars, only six, it tells us in the gospel. Yet they each have the capacity to hold up to 30 gallons of water. Once Jesus performs the miracle of turning the water into wine, the wine is poured out from the jars and all the people in the wedding party drink. The multitudes thus receive the graces of Jesus' miracle. We, as God's insignificant victim souls, allow ourselves to be empty, purified, as we journey through the narrow path of the cross. The Lord is transforming us into his pure chalices of gold that are filled with his blood, which is his very life. Our lives are then poured out upon many souls, the multitudes, bringing Christ's healing grace and new life. This was very much what St. Paul writes to us. We read it in the Philippians about him pouring himself out as a libation. It says, But even if I am being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Again, St. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 says, As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I went to our path in the section of Living Chalice, and there's only one teaching there from the Lord. And I thought, how beautiful, how much in line it is with this gospel story of the wedding at Cana. It says in our path, I am preparing my pure holy vessels by cleansing them with my precious blood. These living chalices will be filled with my precious blood as I unite them to the word of the cross and they suffer with me. My blood will be poured upon my church to cleanse her through them. You have been given the particular mission of cleansing my priesthood. Woe to you, O Jerusalem! How long will it be before you are made clean? To receive my blood is to receive my suffering, my love, and new life. As my martyrs of love, you are called to suffer with me so that you can love with me. In this way, you become my living chalices of healing grace for many. We become the jars at the wedding of Cana, being poured out upon many. The Lord also has spoken to us through the years about how his few victim souls will be used to be poured upon the multitudes that our lives in the hiddenness of our everyday, ordinary, tedious, difficult lives at times 
God will use like those jars at the wedding at Cana to be poured upon the multitudes so that many can receive graces of healing and transformation. In 2012, the Lord said to us, Cry with me for Jerusalem. The multitudes will be caught in dismay as a thief in the night. The justice of God is upon you. The wood of my cross is not dry, and it will take on new life with the blood of my martyrs. Do not cry for me, but for those who do not see me, for their eyes have been covered by Satan's deception. Bring them, my daughter, as one with my mother, to the foot of the cross, to see the glory of God before them. God the Father will use the blood of my martyrs as one with my blood to open the eyes of the blind during the time of great darkness. Through your blood in suffering as one with the word of the cross, the eyes of many will be opened before the decisive battle begins. In 2013, I'm not going to read all these messages to you because I sent them to you. And that way I know you can ponder them. But in 2013, the Lord did say, God in His infinite mercy will bless the multitudes through His holy remnant of victim souls. The Gospel tells us that the jars were meant for the Jewish rite of purification. John chapter 2, that's verse 6. This too has a significant symbolism for our lives as victim souls. We, as Christ vessels, receive the wounded, dirty hearts of souls to be washed by our tears united in Christ crucified. The Jewish people would use those jars to cleanse themselves according to the Jewish rites. Our Lord is telling us that He's using our lives to cleanse many, especially His priest. I thought that was pretty awesome. In 2012, on the Feast of All Saints Day, our Lord said this to us, A victim's soul voluntarily chooses to become one with the slaughtered Lamb of God. They choose to wear my wounds of love. Just that one sentence, my family, just ponder that one sentence. We choose to wear Jesus' wounds of love. In this perfect union of love, they receive the power of God to redeem and save souls with me. Many are being made clean through the lives of my victim souls. But we go back to last week. Do we believe? When each of you are in your homes or at work in your daily lives, struggling, suffering with the Lord, do you believe that you are saving souls, that you are cleansing souls? Because that's where the joy comes in. Until we really believe that, 
this which the Lord has said, we don't live those sufferings in joy. We live them more in a little bit of complaining. Okay? Or a lot of complaining. <laughs> okay, or a lot of complaining, they say here. These souls are the ones who truly become my mystical body, and because of this, share in the redemption of humanity. Now listen carefully. The salvation of the multitudes depends on the response of my victim souls. These are my saints whose robes have been made clean through the blood of the Lamb, through the blood of the Lamb of God, and have become pure in the image and likeness of God. The jars that hold the wine are never really noticed by the people in the wedding. What they notice is the good wine. This is the joy of a victim soul. Our lives are hidden and unnoticed and many times are unappreciated. Yet, the graces others receive from our pure sacrifice of love bring them to notice Christ. And that is our joy. We are poor little victim souls. But as one with love crucified in Mary, we hold an abundance of Christ's life. That's more than 30 gallons, okay, that we hold in ourselves. Being poured out as a libation upon the multitudes. We also, in this gospel reading, must see ourselves in Jesus and Mary, not only in the jars. Purified through the blood of the Lamb, we also become new men and new women, one with the new Adam and the new Eve, working together and complementing each other. We also help prepare more vessels, victim souls, to be poured out with Christ's blood upon the multitudes. In 2013, December, the Lord said this, prepare the way, he said to us. Prepare for what? Prepare to encounter justice, meaning God. Love, meaning God, is justice. You have been encountering mercy, but each soul must prepare to encounter justice. On that day, will you remain standing or will you be swept away in his justice? My little one, very few are prepared to encounter justice. The gaze of justice will condemn you or embrace you in an instant. Few are prepared to encounter justice. Now look at how beautiful. He says, the gaze of truth. You, Father Jordy, and my community of love crucified are called to help many prepare the way through the simple path to union I have entrusted to you. My hidden martyrs of love are a gift of divine mercy to help many be prepared to encounter the gaze of justice. Think about these words, my family. We... Love crucified, you and I are a gift 
of divine mercy for the church to help prepare many. I desire that you work more diligently to finish the path, for the time is short. And I have to say I am so grateful for Father Jordy because he works and works so much on the path. My hidden victims of love are preparing the way through the power of their blood united to my precious blood being poured upon many by the mercy of Abba. You, my family, are helping God prepare our people for the encounter with justice. It will visit you like a thief in the night, and few are prepared. Bring me victim souls, for the time of justice is upon you, soon to be knocking at your door. Be pure and holy as I am holy. Live who you are. This is who we are, our identity, as my martyrs of divine love, preparing the multitudes for the great and terrible day. Prepare the way as the new men and women clothed in the white gown made clean in the blood of the Lamb. You are my white army being sent out into the world to prepare the way for the encounter with justice, which is God. And finally, I thought it was beautiful when I looked in our path today. And right under Living Chalices, the next section is called Men and Women Relationships Restored at the Cross. And I thought that was amazing. We never planned it that way. And when I saw it today, I felt... That was how the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is working in the bringing together of our path. And it is very significant that we understand in Love Crucified that part of the new Pentecost, the new evangelization, is the new men and women going out together as one, as one with Jesus, the new Adam, one with Mary, the new Eve. And right at the beginning of that section in our path, it says, I will make him a helper fit for him. What we read today, Genesis 2. The woman must help the man. This is from John Paul II. And in his turn, he must help her. First of all, by the very fact of their being human persons. In a certain sense, this enables man and woman to discover their humanity ever anew and to confirm its whole meaning. Then it says, as the dignity of women is restored and we come to know and live the beauty of our sensitive hearts, we can be a better help to men. When men and women live the holy communion that God created us to be, we can help each other, gr other grow in Christ this is essential not only for marriage, but for all relationships between men and women. This is also the principle behind spiritual mothers for priests. This vision coming from the gospel of the wedding of Cana is so profound. It's true that 
in the story, nobody thinks about the jars. They're just something there cast aside. And it seemed at that time that it would be useless because they cannot produce any wine. But it's what God wanted to use. So that's where the wine came from. So thank you so much. I pray that we all take it to heart and, and we profoundly believe that God is doing amazing things through us, through our nothingness, through our humility. I think there's something very important that I've been witnessing for years develop since the beginning of Love Crucified and, and within the church and the working of the Holy Spirit the whole movement of spiritual motherhood. And that is not so much the women and the men, but truly that the Holy Spirit, this is a, a crucial time that the restoration of men and women is really coming forth. That we were meant, as we're reading in Genesis, from the beginning, not just in the sacrament of marriage, but God from the beginning of time created man and then from his rib he created woman and it's as if from the beginning God wanted him, himself God to be manifested in the world that God in his fullness can't be manifested without the man and the woman coming together. And there is where, and that's why from the beginning, what does Satan go to do? To bring a distortion, a division between that union, that holy union God created from the beginning of truly the, the, the man's heart and the woman's heart coming together to bring forth the love of God himself. And so Satan from the beginning goes, he goes first to the woman and then it's very significant, yes, Sheila, that then in this gospel reading, Mary is the one kind of going first, right? As helping now the woman is being used by the Lord to really help in the restoration. What is uh, spiritual motherhood? Again, Mary with her maidens, the women, being used to restore what Satan has done to restore fatherhood, manhood, priesthood. But I feel it's not enough to just think of us still as separate, but the importance of truly becoming one, the importance of men and women, priests and women coming together, working together, and that's why from the beginning, love crucified came into being as men and women. This, I really feel, is at the heart of the new Pentecost, the restoration of our true identities as men and women, and our ability to be one, to work together like Mary and Jesus, bringing forth the kingdom of God. Amen. In the mystical interpretation of this passage by the fathers of the church, notice that it happened on the third day. And that is a symbolic message. 
meaning it's the day of the resurrection, it's the day of coming to a new life. And it's, a, um, it's an epiphany, it's a manifestation of God. God is doing all things new. Um, on the third day, it's like the recreation of the world. And God is using, is doing it through a man and a woman uh, that are coming into betrothal. Uh, because in this passage, the, 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 um, the, 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 the groom and the bride are really Jesus and Mary that are bringing about a new creation on the third day. And that's why Jesus calls Mary woman. And uh, it is a reference to the to Genesis that's now coming into fulfillment. It's so powerful and amazing. So um, where men before had um, their own way and they fulfilled their mission on their own and women were subservient, now Jesus is revealing the, the, the designs of God. And um, it is going to be through the observation of Mary, the sensitivity of the, of the bride, that the miracle is performed. So it's really very profound you know, to, to think that the Lord is calling us to, to this to this uh, complete fulfillment of the plan of God together. And, and it's significant that then the Lord says again, he refers to Mary, not only here at the, at the wedding at Cana as, as woman, but then again, when he's dying on the cross, right. he refers to her again as woman, but now he's dying and there's St. John. Now, St. John is representing now the new man, the new Adam. But now this transformation for all of us, where does it have to take place? In the cross. So from the cross, that's why it's only coming to the cross that we can be restored in our new identity and enter again and live what God created from the beginning as the new men and women as one in that purity in that love, only at the cross can that happen.